This is Comer Shenanigans, episode 662, Spotlight on Shazam! Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. This is episode 662. It's our Spotlight on Shazam movie review episode. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and I'm joined by my neighbor, Todd. So, Todd, we, we got to see Shazam two weeks early. Wait, can I uh, say something I haven't had a chance to say for a very long time? Oh, God, okay. Yeah. Uh, the, the title of your... Yes, your, yes. Okay. Shenanigans. Hey, thank you. <laughs> I just wanted to get that out. The minute you said it, I'm like, oh, oh, okay. That's yeah. where we're going with this. Yes, yes. So we just saw Shazam. Yes. It came out two weeks early for us. Yeah. Uh, Thank I you for uh, yeah. finding this out. Yeah, no, I, well, I saw it. And I, I think in the States I knew it was coming, but I didn't know if they were going to do it in Canada, too. So I guess across North America, they're having advanced screenings today. So there was two screenings at the theater we went to. Um, so we got to see the second screening, so the 7 o'clock screening. And, uh, yeah, we got to see this movie two weeks early. And uh, I had asked a lot of the traditional podcast group people, and most of them were like, eh. I don't really, I'm not really feeling that. I don't really care. Uh, I know Paul was especially vocal. He was like, no, I, that looks terrible. I don't want to see that at all. Tibor would have been here, but unfortunately he was at a, a prior dinner engagement. Cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, like, what, did you, what were your impressions? What did you think of this movie? Like, what, I don't think you know anything about this character no. before coming in, right? Like most characters coming in. But especially this one. <laughs> yeah. like, I think, uh, and especially with like a lot of the Marvel movies, I feel like there's enough of a zeitgeist about some of them. Yeah. Maybe not Guardians of the Galaxy or something that's a little bit more out there. But yeah. generally, a lot of these movies, there's some sort of idea or understanding of who these characters are are like Aquaman I think you know he exists yeah because of Entourage yeah exactly so pop culture has created an understanding in some way of who Aquaman is whereas Shazam you had no real Aquaman Flash I mean uh, Wonder Woman they're all names that you iconic you grew up with Shazam I didn't know it was a thing until the movie uh, title Mm -hmm. I I saw it out there and you invited me so here I am so what'd you think um I, honestly, uh, I thought it was a fun movie. Um, I, I, I I chuckled a lot. Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought for DC, they had mm-hmm. a lot of... Uh, it was a lighter uh, thing. And I think they had to do that just because it's um, they're portraying children as uh, mm-hmm. superheroes. Yep. Um, and I think they did a good job doing that. Yep. I, th- I, was, I actually thought it would be funnier. Um, or, no, not, that's not the right word. I didn't think that would be funnier. I thought it might be lighter in tone. I actually thought it was actually darker and a little bit more serious than I was maybe expecting. Yeah, like, it was like a kid's movie at times, mm-hmm. but then it got really serious and, uh, like, kind of like, Ugh, like, I can't believe they just did that. And well, it was kind of like a, a weird mix of, of both at, of those. At times. Like, it wasn't, a, like, a, a real weird mishmash of tones per se but like yeah you had the main villain sorry we are going to spoil the crap out of this um, I should say spoiler alert um, there you know you do have the main villain like you know throw his brother out of uh, out a window like that's yeah. pretty that's pretty aggressive stuff and the like, demons were pretty detailed like I'd say like uh, mm. 
uh, alien kind of thing. Yeah, they were. Grotesque. I, I thought, I mean, it's interesting. They, they made mention uh, when, I guess, uh, Shazam was talking to Savannah at the end, and he's kind of saying, well, the big one's this one, and obviously Sloth is this one. But I was like, you know what? I don't feel like you ever really got enough of a sense of how different each entity was. Because mm-hmm. I feel like they were often very quick kind of shots of the, uh, of the sins that you never really got enough of the visual personality of each character. Yeah. That's, that was my only kind of quibble about the sins. I thought they were a cool villain and yeah, thing I to mean, use. I just thought they could have given them a little bit more visual personality. I think one small touch, and I don't know if it would be eh, whatever, but I think one small touch is if they maybe even would have had a plaque of their names uh, on their statues. In the comics they do. Because that would have just been like a very, oh yeah, those were the seven deadly sins. Because I don't remember all of them. I no. can usually name four or five and yeah. then like, oh yeah, those are the other two. But, um, yeah, and I don't think they really focused on their statue mm. uh, character, like, yeah. stone parts. Um, and then, yeah, the when they actually got released, they were very, very fast-moving or turning into dust, and then mm-hmm. you couldn't really tell who was who. Yeah. Um, as, a, as someone who lives in Toronto, uh, did you find it jarring about the, how much of it was at times? No, that, that was fun. That, I yeah. like that. I okay. think... Uh, Specifically cool. the subway, right? Like, yeah. The subway was very much uh, Toronto subway. I knew it was Toronto before I actually saw the subway car. Okay. Uh, I mean, some of the people next to me kind of said it, but, like, okay. I actually, like, was thinking it while they oh, were yeah. saying it. I was just like, that looks like somewhere I've been. <laughs> and uh, it was like an outdoor of a subway yeah, yeah. station. And then when I saw the Red Rocket upholstery, uh, I was just like, oh, yeah, that's... that's well, they tried to make some of it, like, extra blue. Yeah, in certain spots, and like even the, like the map was like a, a different it, map. I got weird. like I knew we were in Philadelphia, and I guess there's like a Frankfurt line because it kind of mm. like I was confusing. Like, wait, German Germany, but I guess yeah, maybe yeah. there's German lines in Philadelphia. You know, I don't think I ever went on the subway when I was in Philadelphia, so I can't speak to it. But I, it it was interesting to have it be in a real locale, uh, only because DC is very well known for having a lot of fictional places. Um, So, like, obviously they have Metropolis, they have Gotham City, so this was in a real place. And they definitely played up, you know, some of the Philadelphia kind of ideas. Um, At the school, the Fawcett School. Now, the Fawcett School is a reference to the original publisher of the comics that Captain Marvel Shazam was in, which was by Fawcett. So he's often referred to as the Fawcett Captain Marvel because there's many different Captain Marvels, as we talked about, I think. Yeah, you kind of... (laughs) So I missed the the podcasting after Captain Marvel. Oh, did you miss that? Well, yeah. I I wasn't feeling there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a a great movie, yeah. 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 Liked it. I feel like I, I think I, I gave you a quick rundown when you, you were did, yeah. home that day. Yeah, you broke the rules. I did, but, <laughs> but we weren't there. You so. weren't going to be on the podcast. I feel like I was. I was okay. <laughs> You're in a safe zone. Yeah, it's interesting. So, so explain again because I, I like I, I think sure. um, there was a uh, comic book company that kind of went defunct. Yeah, and then so they were purchased by Marvel, DC, DC. So, so Fawcett Comics had a character named Captain Marvel. They were taken. Um, I, again, I can't remember everything, but they were sued by DC because their character was too similar to Superman. Now, again, in the comics, the electricity powers that Shazam has in this movie that, that those aren't a thing. That's our, that's that's for the movies, um, and I guess kind of for the reinvention of the comic maybe seven years ago. But prior to that, he didn't have those powers. He's pretty much like Superman. So they kind of lost that legal battle, and eventually they went defunct. While their assets were eventually purchased by DC Comics, who then folded them into their comic book line. So in the 80s, uh, they created you know, a comic book using 
Captain Marvel in the DC Universe. However, by that time, they didn't have the copyright to have a comic called Captain Marvel because Marvel Comics snapped that up in the 60s. Uh, because, again, Fawcett wasn't around anymore. They weren't using the Captain Marvel name, so they were able to trademark the hell out of it. And so they had their own character called Captain Marvel. Uh, so so, so when, in the time that Fawcett kind of lost their power, yeah. um, another comic book company, Marvel, yeah. came up and then right away decided, we're going to have uh, Well, let's say right Captain away, Marvel. because again, like Marvel in some fashion or another, under a name of some kind, has been around since the 30s. I guess the part but it wasn't until the 60s, until they created a character called Captain Marvel. They didn't start going by the name Marvel Comics until the late 60s. So uh, maybe this is 60s. something you don't know, and you, you know a lot about comic books, okay. but like... Why did Fawcett Comics decide to name a character Captain Marvel when there was already a Marvel company? That's okay. the thing. So <laughs> in, the, in the 30s, it was known as uh, Timely Comics. Okay. In the 50s, their name changed to Atlas Comics. Okay. And they weren't known as Marvel until the 60s. Wow. Now, their first comic So book, do you think they were influenced by Fawcett Comics? Uh, no. No. No, not really. How did they... Sorry, it's tangent, okay. but like, how did Marvel Comics start up with Marvel? Like, well, why, did they change, why did they change first, Atlas? Their first comic book was, called, I believe, called the Marvel Comics, number one. Okay. That was their, just the name of their comic. Okay. And it was, again, predated Captain Marvel's existence. Uh, it was more... Comic books were starting to become a thing. Superman was a big splash with Action Comics number one. So Martin Goodman, who was a publisher, he always followed trends. And he's like, we should do this. We should do a comic book company. Because mm-hmm. so, comic books didn't really exist until mid to late 30s in the fashion that we're used to them. There was mm-hmm. cartoon strips but they weren't like full-length comic books. And so you started seeing those come about in the mid to late 30s. So then you had Timely Comics started publishing their own. So they introduced a character called the Human Torch, who they would eventually use that name and power set in the 60s as a member of the Fantastic Four. But originally there was a different, separate character called the Human Torch. And then there was another character named Namor the Submariner, who is a lot of striking similarities to Aquaman, Mm -hmm. who would come out a few years later. Mm -hmm. Um, But they had their own thing. So again, they weren't called Marvel until years later, partially to honor the the prior, their first comic book they ever published. And so they kind of went by that name. Uh, Atlas was in the 50s. I'm not sure where that name came from. Yeah. Uh, So that timely became Atlas, became Marvel, and then Marvel just kind of kept on using the name. And so when did Fawcett Comics come up with the name Captain Marvel? Early 40s. So well before Marvel existed. Marvel Marvel as we know it. As we know it. Yes. Correct. It's it's an interesting interesting industry. Like, there's a lot of different kind of things that move around. I'm like, sorry, I know this is not for this movie, but like, sure. how did Captain Marvel? It was originally a man, and then it became a female. Oh, you're talking about the Marvel Captain Marvel? Yeah. Okay, so the Marvel Captain Marvel. <laughs> I think this all helps understand Shazam a little bit. A little, well, little no, bit. absolutely. And, yeah. and again, uh, not everyone knows this. I mean, I take it for granted that comic book fans know this, but not everyone does. Um, so Marvel created the Captain Marvel character. The Captain Marvel character was supposed to be a character... Very similar in the movie, we had the Marvel character. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so here is a woman um, who's a scientist for the Kree who basically defected from the Kree and tried to, you know, and liked it on Earth and then yeah. was kind of exiled from the Kree. Not that different. Um, it was a Kree military man who was sent, I believe, to spy on Earth because it was kind of a, um, a just... Um, Earth was kind of a good vantage point between the Skrull Empire and the Kree Empire, so it was kind of in the middle. Um, so the idea was that this guy would come here, and it was he ended up liking Earth, liking this girl that worked in the Air Force named Carol Danvers, um, and so he ended up defecting. Anyways, he was not looked kindly upon by the Kree, but he became a, a hero to Earth. 
and he had certain powers and abilities that were very different from the movie version. Um, he had these 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 bracelets, these nega bands he would strike together that would give him, you know, that he. Other woman? She has bracelets. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this guy's a little different. They're okay. mega bands, basically okay. the same. They look the same visually. <laughs> uh, but he was bonded to actually to a character where they would actually swap places. So it, it was it was a, um, uh, a spin on the traditional kind of secret identity trope, where you mm-hmm. had this guy who was just an unassuming, actually a friend of the Hulk, friend of Captain America. He was kind of a, a, a sidekick de jour for every major hero at some point. Anyways, he had these these bands that he was stuck with. He would strike them together, and then he would exchange places with Captain Marvel, who was usually in like the quantum realm or the negative zone, whatever it was at that yeah. point. Uh, and was this became a, this guy was a hero. He had a cosmic awareness. He had you know super strength, and he was this big hero. They killed him off in one of the first Marvel graphic novels. And I believe the eighties, um, so he was gone, and then so his his the love of his life uh, was mm. Carol Danvers, or one of the, his female love interests. Anyways, she got exposed to a device called the Psych Magnetron. I know this, you're going to make your eyes roll back in the head of your yeah, soon, yeah. but not that dissimilar to how she got powers in the movie where yeah. there was a Kree yeah, device yeah, yeah. of some kind there's an explosion she gets powers yeah. um, and she gets fused to his Kree DNA she gets these abilities that she didn't have before she becomes known as Miss Marvel she's Miss Marvel mm. until 2006 like she's Miss Marvel for a long time in the meantime Captain Marvel himself Marvel, he dies in the 80s and then they actually create a different Captain Marvel character who's a black woman whose name is uh, Monica Rambo, and her mom is in the movie Marie Rambo, oh. the friend, and her daughter is Monica. See, I missed this on the podcast. That's I don't, even, I I don't even think and... I went this deep okay. on the podcast. <laughs> so in, so in, because uh, you also have six people around, yeah, it's yeah. harder to tell everyone. Uh, so you have in in the movie, you see Monica as the little girl. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, we know that this is 1995, so 20 years later, she's going to be a woman. So, yeah. in theory, if they wanted to use uh, her as another Captain Marvel, they could or wow. a character. That Captain does she Marvel, have powers, she does. So in the comics, she she doesn't seem to have powers. No. In the in the, in the comics, again, like everyone, she gets exposed to some sort of scientist sure. ex- explosion or whatever, and she ends up being able to phase and do like kind of manipulation. Um, so she's Captain Marvel for a while. She's a member of the Avengers. Uh, her character is never quite given the respect that she deserves. Uh, she has multiple code names because eventually someone else would go by Captain Marvel, so she would change her name to Photon. Eventually someone else would do Photon, so she changed her name to Pulsar. I think she's Spectrum now. So she's had a lot of different names. That was Captain Marvel 2. Captain Marvel 3, uh, they decided uh, in, I think, 92, 93, that they would bring in a new legacy character. They called him Legacy, but apparently he was just Captain Marvel's son, his biological son. So back to a man. Back to to a man, and (laughs) the idea is that they took his... his genetic makeup and basically created his son. Um, it's almost a clone. Kind of, yeah, but but it was yeah. ostensibly his son. Yeah. And his name is Genisvel, uh, so Marvel Genisvel. And he was Captain Marvel for years, and he had some really good comics, and I actually really enjoyed the character. They killed him off. Uh, he had a sister, also manipula- genetic <laughs> manipulation, named Philavel, and she was the next Captain Marvel. So all these different characters. Anyways, in 2012... They finally changed Miss Marvel and let her become Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel. For once, to honor this you know this friend of hers, uh, original love interest, yeah. but to really move the character forward. Miss um, Marvel had a troubled history as a character. Um, again, when they first created her as a, as a superheroine, she actually had a, a weird split personality disorder where she was Carol Danvers and then she would f- you know go to sleep or 
pass out or whatever and, and wake up and be Captain uh, sorry Miss Marvel and it was this weird mm. idea for a character and I eventually got that impression with the movie because she was kind of playing with she the was very conflicted idea. about yeah. what, who am I so it's interesting the movie pulls together so much of the just this different characters so then she it became is, yeah. the Miss Marvel the comic book fans know she had kind of a bathing suit kind of very of the time kind of costume the, when I say the character has troubled history <laughs> They made a decision with the character. I apologize for going so in depth. Um, no, and this and this is a Shazam podcast, not a Captain Marvel yeah. podcast. But, but I, I'm going to tie it back in a second. Okay. So with Miss <laughs> Marvel, Carol Danvers, uh, she was an Avenger, and then there was this storyline where she suddenly was pregnant, and everyone's like, "Why? Why would she become pregnant out of nowhere?" And she rapidly gave birth within a couple days to this little baby boy who's quickly aged envy of a lot of women yeah I know she can do who that. quickly within like three or four days aged to a man and his name is Marcus and they basically said um I fell in love with you Carol Danvers and but I am the uh, son of this, this villain named Kane the Conqueror who lives in limbo so I abducted you brought you to my time period we were in love and then I impregnated you to give birth to myself so I could escape limbo and that, which is totally fucked up basically he raped this Right, but it's Marvel to create himself in this regular reality. Anyways, it turns out he couldn't exist in this in regular reality, so he had to go back to Limbo. And Carol Danvers, potentially in mind control, was like, "Yeah, I'm going to go with him." And all the Avengers were like, "Yeah, cool. That sounds great. Go with your rapist. That's that's cool." <laughs> and uh, one of the writers who had written Miss Marvel previously, Chris Claremont, who is a big X Men writer, was like, "Are you fucking kidding? Like, this is a train wreck of a storyline. Are you kidding?" So he created a storyline where she came back to Earth. Uh, had a run-in with a certain X-Man, well, not X-Man yet, uh, a Brotherhood of Evil Mutants member named Rogue, not an mm. X-Man yet, and Rogue uh, tussled with Miss Marvel and, you know, put her hands on her, absorbed her powers, and basically left her in, like, kind of a coma for a bit. And so the Rogue that we know has all of Miss Marvel's original powers. Flight, super strength, and vulnerability. Yeah. So everything you know of Rogue from the comics, or sorry, from the from the TV show, for example, yeah. is all based on that version of Miss Marvel. Yeah, Miss Mar. So at the end of that story, Chris Claremont, again, who's very defensive of the Carol Danvers character, basically had her shame the Avengers for letting her go with her rapist because that was not cool. Then the character kind of kicked around the cosmic side of the Marvel Universe for a while. She got these crazy powers where she could channel a white star, which is not that different from what we're seeing in the movie. And uh, she went by the name Binary until finally in the late 90s, they just said, let's make her just Carol again. She was back to being an Air Force person. Uh, they gave her a different name of Warbird. She battled alcoholism. But they had her back in the original Miss Marvel costume, and they kind of rehabbed the character to being back to being Avenger. In 2005, they had a big Marvel storyline called House of M. Everyone wakes up in a different reality, and she's the in a, in a world full of mutants. She's the only non-mutant superhero, and she's beloved. Anyway, she wakes up from once the reality is fixed, and everyone goes back to the regular reality. She realizes that was so cool. Why wasn't like why, like she's haunted by how successful she was in that reality? So she decides that she's going to be that kind of hero in our world. Ever since 2005, the character was on the trajectory to fix the character, make her cooler, better ever than ever before, until a writer named Kelly Sue DeConnick finally transitioned her into being Captain Marvel in 2012. She gave her the caution that she has in the movie. That's who she is now. The red one? Yeah, the red one. Yeah. Um, so everything you know about the way, the way that they position the character in the movie is very much the 2012 onwards version of Carol Danvers, where she's badass, very in control of herself. Uh, in the comics, she actually leads like a... Uh, a team of 
I'm going to call them space Avengers. Yeah. Uh, but basically, like, has a space station that she works out of to kind of protect the Earth, and she re- leads a, a team called Alpha Flight. So they've done a lot of rehabbing for the character, and now looking at it, I mean, that, that's the version that they just decided to put on film. And they'll sorry for probably the last ten will make make a new uh, probably another Captain Marvel. Sequel, I would imagine. Right? Yeah, oh, for it sure. It's probably very successful. So tie it back together, please, because so, I just wasted ten minutes of no, time. No, no, but like <laughs> uh, we talked about this and how um, you if somebody had said to you like a decade ago mm. that within months of each other you'd have Captain Marvel and Shazab come yeah. out, you say no friggin' way is that going to happen? Correct. And here it is. Yes. So. How did Shazam originate, and was he always wearing, like, this red suit with, like, this lightning bolt on it? Because yes. Captain Marvel, the one we just saw yeah. a, a few weeks ago in the theater, looks a very similar uh, uniform. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, to uh, the Shazam we just yeah. saw. Yeah, so Shazam has had this costume since the 1940s. Wow. So When he was Captain Marvel? When he was Captain Marvel. <laughs> so he's always had that look. So I feel like... The new Captain Marvel kind of was an ode to that. You know, or never, the 2012 um, Captain Marvel is. It's interesting. I, you know, I never thought of it. Because um, to me, they, they're so distinct and so different. But I guess maybe they're not to someone who hasn't seen them before. Yeah. Um, part of the symbol that Captain Marvel has is, is from Captain, the Marvel's costume. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, again, you wouldn't get that from no. the movies. But uh, in the comics, that's definitely where it comes from. But yeah, though, it's just. Is Shazam influenced by Superman a bit? Like the whole same like rugged... Uh, oh, yeah, know, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. So the difference, the main difference between the original comics and the movie is that in the original comics, he is a kid, he says Shazam, and now he's an adult. Kind of a different person. It's yeah. not really the same personality. Yeah. And, you know, he has this intelligence and he's got the wisdom and all this stuff, but he's not really a kid anymore, whereas they play this as big meets superheroes. Yeah. So um, actually on well, our... Good. Reference, but that, and, and they've said that in the making of it, that and that's, that's basically they what they had that keyboard. Yeah, yeah, that was very on the nose. Yeah, <laughs> um, so it's interesting. So, like in our in our next, maybe not the next episode, but the episode after. So either six sixty four or six sixty six. Um, I had a conversation with a writer named Judd Winnick, who um, he wrote a, a very well received Shazam miniseries about uh, Shazam's first time meeting Captain Marvel and sorry um, Superman, I should say, and that's from like ten years ago. And he wrote that book, and he wrote another Shazam book. And I was asked him like what his interpretation of, or what he thought of the upcoming Superman, uh, sorry, Shazam movie. And he said like this is how they always should have pitched it as a movie: mm-hmm. have it be the intelligence of a kid, like have it the kid actually having to be a superhero is so much cooler than just having it kind of be an older man who he turns into by changing yeah. the name. And he's like that they're doing the movie right; they're doing how this character should kind of be done. For purists of Captain Marvel, Shazam, um, they would probably say no. This is not the way that character is designed to be that being said I think this is the way to make the movie I think I like this method better yeah I mean like it makes you bond with the character because if it's just another personality who's perfect in every way that's kind of boring whereas if it's just a kid dealing with how do I be a superhero I'm 15 years old or 14, 15 years old I mean if you were two different people There'd be reasons not to flip back to the other person, mm-hmm. right? Like I'd be like, "Oh, whoa! I'm not. I'm never going to say Shazam again." For sure. <laughs> well, again, so not to go back to the Marvel side of the pond, but uh, I, I talked about the original Marvel having these bands he struck together yeah, yeah, to yeah. switch places. So a bond. Yeah. yeah. So because comics are the way they are, when they had his his son Genesvel in the late '90s, early 2000s, they had him bonded to the same human, Rick Jones, um, and again, it was about clanging the bonds well I'm, I'm rereading some of the amazing comics that are done with the character and there's a whole storyline about how the fact that he's just stopped striking the bands and leaves the human 
just stuck in this kind of microverse, and he's just like, no, I'm not going to yeah, switch not places. Gonna let him know. And you know, the idea that they used to talk to each other, they used to have a, a bond with each other, and now he's just kind of let him, and he's just ignoring him. He, and even the character who at this point has gone insane kind of says, bzz, 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 "Do you hear that?" No, that's just that's just Rick trying to talk to me, but you know, I don't really hear him anymore, which is fucking crazy. Whereas, yeah, this is more interesting that it's this kid having to deal with, what do you do when you suddenly have power? Yeah. Um, again, it's kind of, I mean, Spider-Man's always been that kind of idea where a guy who gets power does something irresponsibly and then is so shattered by it that forever on he's so responsible to the point of being a, like a, a lunatic for responsibility because of the one time he wasn't. Whereas this is a kid still learning about that, those types of lessons. Um I feel like I'm doing a lot of talking, so yeah, I do yeah. apologize. No. Um, so, what, were you surprised, or did you see coming, that the other kids would be superheroes? No, no, I did not see that. And I, that, that kind of confused me. I was just yeah. like, uh, I mean, I, I, didn't, I wasn't opposed to it. I thought mm-hmm. the actors uh, did a really good job, especially mm-hmm. at Darla. Like, that was oh, yeah. really, uh, you know, she, really acting like a, mm-hmm. a seven-year-old or how old yeah, she like was. Yeah, just a kid. Yeah, yeah, just a tiny kid, especially when she went to Santa Claus. That oh, was, yeah. That was hilarious. <laughs> but, um, no, that, uh, I did not see that coming. Uh, and I didn't really get it. I was just like, okay, there's seven deadly sins. Shouldn't there be, like, seven, mm-hmm. you know, people to combat them? Because... I don't know, like, one person's always fighting two sins, true, or true. two demons, like, that yeah. seems like a lot of work. And I didn't really get why um, the demons could be fought or controlled when they were outside of uh, Savannah, but, like, yeah. when they were in him, he was unstoppable kind of thing. Yeah, well, I guess he was deriving his power from all the sins being inside of him. Yeah. And once the sins left him, he was kind of powerless, right? Yeah. Uh, I, even when, when Envy left him, I thought it was cool, because you saw him struggling to kind of keep it in. Yeah. Uh, which was an interesting perspective to take on, on this guy, who, at that point, I gotta say, for the most part, there's not a lot of motivation given to Savannah. Like, he's kind of cardboard cutout villain. I mean, they give him some motivation, obviously, at the beginning, which I thought was actually surprising that they would give you so much right up front. Like, I thought the first time we'd see the wizard would be because of Billy. Instead, we see it through Savannah's eyes, and it was an interesting perspective to take that is very different to every other version of this character. Like, the idea that Shazam, the wizard, was actually hurting people by his rejection of them and what that meant to them was an interesting perspective to take and not one I expected and actually in a lot of ways did give the villain a little bit more grounding considering they didn't do anything with him after that yeah. like they give him the, a good origin and they kind of leave it like that like he somehow is able to fund this project and he's scouring the you know the, wor- the world for yeah, other people I who've mean, been the whole thing with his family, I mean, they're driving in, like, just some old car mm-hmm. in, like, the 70s, and yet, fast forward, like, 35, 40 years, and they're all super rich. I mean, that didn't really... I didn't well, really in the 70s, that wasn't, a, that wasn't a nice car for the 70s? I think it was, wasn't it? Was it? Okay. I don't think it was, like, a beater. I think it was... And it was the idea that they definitely were, like, well-to-do people. Didn't like, seem didn't give me that. Impression. No, I, I definitely no. got that impression. I just thought like uh, something bad happened to the mother, so mm. and he obviously hated his uh, youngest son <laughs> and really liked his eldest son. And yep. like, uh, I mean, for for comic book fans, the uh, the, the father uh, previously was um, 
played Lex Luthor's father in the uh, Smallville television series. Uh, he was mm-hmm. Lionel Luthor, who was a very good villain in the early years of that show before he kind of transformed. Um, and I, I like seeing him here. He's a great character actor, and I thought he really kind of played that part well, being this kind of despicable miser, which at the beginning is supposed to kind of make you feel for the child. Yeah. Um, and again, obviously, then the child becomes the villain, and you don't feel so bad for him anymore. I did feel for the child, but like it was confusing. I didn't know. I didn't know until he spun around in the chair that the father had survived. I thought he died. Mm. Like they did not make it clear that he was going to be uh, paralyzed. It was more True. like it looked like he had brain trauma. And when the uh, his brother said, "You did this to him," like I was like, "Yeah, he's dead." Like, uh, mm-hmm. and I thought actually. To me, it would have made more sense if the brother was the one running the company, because then you could kind oh. of see, okay, yeah, obviously he's a terrible brother, and yeah. like he was coming after him. So I don't think they really needed the father, uh, at least you know, just from a storytelling. Mm-hmm. The other thing um, that I felt there could have been more backstory yeah. was um, the original wizard and um, just how he came to the Shazam powers, because... It wasn't really clear how yeah. how it just came up in the first place. True. I mean, they kind of alluded to it, right? The, the idea... Like, he kind of gave that history lesson. The idea that they had originally sure. picked the champion yeah. who ended up using it for vengeance. Now, I'm hoping, like, eventually they'll actually get to this movie. Because years ago, before... I think around the time, same time they announced the Shazam movie, they had announced a movie called Black Adam. Now, Black Adam, traditionally, is Captain Marvel's... Adam, one of, like A-T-O-M? No, A-D-A-M. Okay. Like, well, like, like my name. Your name. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and he's kind of been one of the more... Tradi- he's one of the traditional Captain Marvel enemies. Um, but Black Adam is also kind of a, an anti-hero, not necessarily just a villain. He's supposed to be kind of a ruler of a country. Um, but he was one of the original people who was given the gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, he's supposed to be played by The Rock and have his own movie. Hmm. Yeah, but he's the original champion. There was a reference to The Rock in this movie, or was he? Was like, he? Yeah, because everybody was saying, oh, Dwayne Johnson. I was just like, uh, so I don't know if he was like the voice of something in this movie, but oh. but now that you're mentioning him. He's supposed to be like like the champion, the original champion. And okay. I, I think that was the illusion when they're doing the kind of the history lesson that Shazam's yeah. quickly given Billy, <laughs> um, is that that's, you know, that's his character. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I think they, they kind of alluded to it a little bit that there was other people and they they took on the deadly sins and were able to you know mm-hmm. capture them and you know they're all gone now and the wizard is all that remains that's a little extra like you know again in the original comics uh, there's there is the wizard Shazam and he again the part that makes it different. And I'm curious what he actually goes by now in the DC universe because in the comics originally again it's different now but the idea is that he the, the magic word was Shazam but he became Captain Marvel so he would never accidentally say his name so mm-hmm. like he could say I'm Captain Marvel because no one would know his magic word mm-hmm. and then when he gave the abilities to the other members of the Captain Marvel family like Mary Marvel and uh, uh, oh. Captain Marvel Junior um, which is Freddy. Uh, in the comics, huh. they that's how they got their ability. They would actually say the name of Captain Marvel. Uh, I believe I could be wrong on that. It might have been Shazam as well. Uh, so, but just weird now in the new movie, Shazam is his name, or technically it would be his super is you know alter ego. But he can't really say it without transforming. Now in the comics, I think they've kind of built in the idea that if he means it with purpose or whatever BS you yeah. want to say, that's when he transforms. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just him saying a name. Yeah. But they didn't really go that far here. They basically said if he utters the name, he does transform. I think that's fair because it was clear, even by the end of the movie, he still did not have a handle on his no. powers. True. So if they do a sequel, 
he'll probably be much more sleek with yeah. what he can, can and cannot do. True. I mean, he thought he could talk to fish at the end of the movie, and that's a stupid yeah. uh, trait. Like, who would want to talk to a <laughs> sea of fish? That was funny. Yeah, that was pretty funny. That was funny. <laughs> um, so, so you didn't see it coming, the idea that the other kids would have powers? No, I did not. I just assumed that Shazam was like a one-man army yeah. and that... Uh, As a comic book fan, that was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah. Because I was like, well, that's what you can do with this character if you're willing to go that far. And I was glad that they were. Like, I, I thought that might have been like a post-credit sequence type of thing or something that we kind of leave in there as a, like a surprise. But the fact that it was actually part of the main reason why he's able to fight, the, fight off the enemy, I thought was cool. Uh, because I've I've seen the I've seen those characters like just being able to see them was a very cool concept. Um, what did you think about the ideas of family? I mean, there's this is that's the kind of the core of the film. Well, yeah, that's one thing I think I've said to you in the past. I really enjoyed the uh, and that was kind of my knock against Captain Marvel. Sorry to bring it back, but that's like okay. uh, I felt it felt like to me like a lot like the first Thor, and like mm. I really liked the human part of it, and mm. then I kind of got lost in the whole intergalactic uh, okay. battles and everything. Okay, but with this one here again, I really liked the. There was a lot more. It was a human basis to it. There was very mm-hmm. little going past the portal of the unknown yeah. into that. Mm-hmm. So I really liked the whole uh, foster family. Um, okay. I thought they did a really good job. You, you really liked the, all the characters. Yeah. Uh, even the two, you know, uh, guys, Freddie and, and Billy, just, mm-hmm. you know, not really liking each other, but then in, in yeah. the end helping each other. For sure. Uh, taking care of those two punk-ass kids and everything. And those multiple ways. Yeah. I like the... Uh, the uh, what was it? The suitcase uh, wedgie at the oh, end. Yeah, yeah. Like he saved their lives, but he really got them back. I was like, For that's sure. a nice, nice way of doing it. Uh, sorry, the foster dad. Yes, he wasn't in Star Wars. Like Rogue One, was he? It's possible. I, because, I honestly don't know him. Yeah, like I, I've seen him before, but I, I, I thought he was a character. He was very familiar, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't place him per se. I thought he played the part well. He did. Yeah. Uh, like I, I definitely believed. That he was a dad, like you know, like this dad who again was a former foster kid himself and is trying to kind of pay it forward and and, and take care. And I thought that was that was pretty cool. Um, it was so. Um, I did not like, and I guess that's what you want. They want you to do. I did not like Billy's mom. I mean, like, who leaves a kid just in the middle of a circus? And I guess, I mean, that's the backstory, right? Like, that's yeah. probably what makes him who he is. But like, geez, like, come on, lady. Yeah, I wasn't a super. <laughs> I wasn't a super fan of that. Um, I, you know, it's interesting watching the movie. I found it, um, and this isn't the fault of the movie, so I'm not going to like detract anything against the movie. But as someone who's, you know, in the process of trying to adopt a child. I found parts of this movie a little triggering in that way because yeah. it was kind of like harder than maybe other people who don't have, you know, haven't have to worry about the idea of what foster kids go through or that kind of stuff. Like, it was very interesting. I don't know. It, 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 it was harder for me to watch parts of it, especially mm-hmm. that the, the idea that I did like that you had kind of two perspectives on the mom scene of when she um, basically took off yeah. or like let her yeah. son get yeah. missing. Like when she's throwing the darts, like we have a, an impression from the child's point of view where she's happier she's, yeah. and they kind of recut the scene. Yeah. Maybe they didn't, but it just felt like, you know, it was definitely coming from a darker, sadder place. It did. It did. I, um, I actually was like, was that what I saw earlier? Because yeah. it happened really at the beginning of the movie, and I was just like, it seems though like she doesn't want to be yeah, there. Yeah, it's like the same dialogue, but like slightly different. Yeah. And, and again, from a perspective of a child to a, an adult, it would 
be a slightly different um, take on events. So that was interesting. And, and uh, but yeah, it was hard to watch. And I mean, I guess people do give up children and obviously yeah. do terrible things sometimes because they think it's for the best. But that I definitely found harder to watch. I just uh, found it odd that they couldn't locate her. <laughs> I mean, it gave the, like. Well, if they asked people, yeah. right? Like the the kid is like I wasn't even sure how old that kid really was, but if yeah. he was like four or five. I think he was five. He may he not said. be able to to necessarily know exactly what his mom and what was like. Like if you exact what I look like, you might say he has glasses. Yeah. Would he say I have blonde hair? Probably doesn't know the word blonde. Yeah. You might like. Would he say yellow hair? Like you know what I mean? Like even if they gave him like. If, if 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 you've ever seen the pictures that he draws of me and Kelly, you wouldn't be able to get any real distinguishing characteristics out of it. So like, and if this is again ten years ago or whatever, or like the you know he doesn't have a phone, he doesn't have any way of knowing what the person actually looks like. So how would you find this person other than just canvassing the area? And you'd expect the mom to be like, well, "That's my kid," and that's well, it. How they also covered it up is that. Um the, the boy had the father's name and she kept her maiden yeah. name yeah. so that's another way how she to keep the mystery going mystery. and why he wouldn't have found her yeah, yeah. No, that was interesting too yeah. uh, although that that that, uh, that the whiz kid definitely found him found her pretty quick oh yeah I mean he was good he was can. Re- yeah yeah <laughs> that was very funny yeah, yeah. I, I, again I they had fun with the adult or the you know the superhero version I def- of- yeah I took a lot of joy in that kind of stuff because yeah. as much as like it's it's hard. Was to, Mary played by the same character? No, it was, no, it was a different person. It was too? A different actress. Sorry, it was hard to because no, no. you didn't really see them very much. No. not her. Like yeah. they focused a lot on Darla yeah. and Freddie and uh, actually everybody except yeah. Mary. Really, when when you, it's interesting. So again, as a comic book fan who's again seen these characters before, seeing Mary Marvel in her proper costume was awesome. Uh, seeing again Freddie in his proper costume was really she was cool. the only one that had a skirt <laughs> she was yeah uh, but I, like, I really like seeing those characters and again it felt so comic accurate like they, I was like they're really doing this and like again even the costume like I guess some people before the movie came out were kind of ripping the fact that it looks so padded but I'm like no that doesn't look that padded like it just looks like strong guy like you know I thought Zachary Levi did a great job he really sold the youthfulness and you know, he felt like a kid. You yeah. know, like he kind of plays a kid usually most yeah. in a lot of roles too, right? Chuck. <laughs> he can play Goofy very easily. I mean, he's been in Marvel movies, being like a more typical superhero. Oh, yeah. uh, he was in the Thor movie, well, oh. the second and third Thor movies. Oh, I did not uh, as uh, Fendril the Dashing. Um, so he can do that, um, but he can also just be Goofy, and he's really good at being Goofy. And I and again, I, I bought that. He, he was just a big kid and seeing all the adult he actually kids, reminded me the way when he acted like a kid he reminded me how Jimmy Fallon acts all the time yes because <laughs> they're very similar yeah, yeah. looking and Jimmy Fallon acts like that <laughs> for sure except that's part of his job <laughs> yeah um, Savannah was a very big departure from the comics that is not like Savannah at all mm. he's kind of an old he's, he's, he's a kind of a classic old school comic book villain if I could say that he's kind of usually portrayed as a much older man he's smarter but smart. not as stronger yeah very yeah, brilliant so yeah. and he comes up with all other ways to kind of torment yeah. uh, Captain Marvel and another very classic villain is <coughs> Mr. Mind mm. uh, who's the little bug at the end in the post credits. I sequence. saw the bug going at the be- in at the beginning but yeah, I didn't there. really know I thought he was a good guy or oh he's pretty terrible yeah he's pretty <laughs> um, so I love that they made him the most comic accurate version of Mr. Mind you can imagine he looked a little bigger than he should be he's actually even smaller but uh, he was really cool and again there's a lot of nice little comic accurate touches um, 
Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, I think I really enjoyed it. I mean, I think the humor worked. I think, um, you know, they definitely were trying to expand the idea of family and the fact that, you know, to come full circle on it, Savannah was all about family gone wrong. And uh, Billy is kind of, you know, the, the family you choose can be what helps you. Maybe you can shed some light on whole, like, it seemed like Savannah took mm-hmm. 40 years almost to figure out the code so yeah. like he was tracking other people that had come Correct. into contact with this, and then he yeah. finally realized it's seven symbols repeated yes. seven times. Correct. Why did his assistant just turn to stone when she touched the door? Like because she didn't believe she, she wasn't chosen. You know I don't know. Yeah. I, I think it could be all of those. Yeah. You know it could be like again not like chosen. he touched it. He walked right through, and he was as evil. But he was as the one. Be. He was like find us. You know mm-hmm. like. He got the communication originally through his eight ball. So, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Right? Like, yes, the idea yeah. that he knew that there was something there for him. Yeah. Um, and again, he had been kind of chosen as the champion for the, the, the evil. Yeah. Uh, it's just a matter of time for him to get there. Uh, which is interesting. So, I believe um, the, the, the villain of this piece, uh, this is not the first time he's played a DC Comics villain, if I'm correct. Um, Mark Strong. Yeah, Mark Strong. So, do you know what other villain he played? You mean he always looks like a villain, but... Uh, True. And he's been in a bunch of different comic book uh, movies. Okay. But there's one in particular that he was a supervillain for. You're going to say it and be like, oh yeah, that's it. Well, so I, I haven't seen every movie he's been in, obviously. Um, but looking at his uh, his kind of uh, body of work, uh, he was in Kick-Ass, the first Kick-Ass movie. That's it. He was in uh, Kingsman, The Secret Service. Oh, sorry, that's the one I know best. And Kingsman, The Golden Circle. But the one I'm remembering the most... Really? Yeah, and uh, but I remember him from Kingsman. See, I've, I somehow haven't seen those movies. Oh, I know podcast. It's it's, it's really upsetting, right? Um, but the one I remember him the most in, uh, he was in Green Lantern. That that movie. I never known. saw Green Lantern. No, yeah, you know it doesn't I, deserve. I didn't the hear it a lot about it. <laughs> Kelly likes it. I don't think it deserves the hate it gets. I think it's it's fine. It's not the best movie at all. So it's uh, kind of, but uh, he was one of the main characters in that, and. Uh, a phenomenal character so I was I, I feel like he got a lot less to do here really didn't get much to actually do I think he was again very much a cardboard uh, villain uh, in, terms puppet, of what, right? in terms of what he got to do yeah and he was just kind of he didn't even get the true scenery like he was just kind of there and he didn't bring a lot of life to it but I don't think that's his fault I think the scripts didn't give Savannah much to do uh, there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a dynamic character there it was basically very much like I'm the champion for the bad guys and I'm gonna I just want the power give me the power give me the power like that's all there was to it yeah um, I'm glad you said kick-ass because mm-hmm. all night I was thinking this movie reminded me a lot of kick-ass with like really children superheroes okay. yeah, but, yeah like this wasn't a children but it was it was like a child yeah because yeah. they were they they put, mm-hmm. they were a child in an adult body kind of true thing. so I, I know they're completely different mm-hmm. but like Kick-Ass was more lighthearted action mm. hero movie, yeah. like because you could kind of see, like you you kind of knew they weren't going to get super hurt no. uh, or anything. Same thing with this one, you kind of yeah, felt true. like they were protected. Sorry, you thought in Kick-Ass that you felt like they wouldn't get super hurt. That movie is totally brutal. Maybe I have to watch it again. I, yeah, I feel like are we talking I didn't about know a different? The second one, because yeah, I never saw the second one. But like the first one has like they're cutting people open. Like there's there's extreme violence in those movies. Yeah, like Hit Girl is. Like a foul mouthed, like eleven year old, just slicing people up. Yeah, I mean the bad people get hurt. Okay, I don't think she could get hurt because she was. I guess Kick Ass got hurt though. Yeah, Pretty but bad. Not, like he still survived. Oh well, well, <laughs> well, as long as he's alive, then it's fine. 
I mean, um, that was the other thing about Shazam. Yeah. Uh, he, it was interesting how I was like, oh man, he got a bloody nose. I mean, mm. Like, how did he get hurt? And then yeah. they're like, magic can beat magic but, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, what did you think? I mean, a lot of the framing device for this movie was the idea of Freddy going with his camera, trying to take, you know, YouTube videos, uh, which definitely makes it more of a modern movie yeah. in that, in that yeah. respect, uh, very much capitalizing on fame. Um, but also the idea of all the, the different Selfies. tests for superhero powers, right? Yeah. What did you think of how they kind of portrayed that? Yeah, I mean, it was fun. I mean, uh, I, I liked uh, all the different ones. I really liked it when uh, he lit the box on fire when he was trying to test uh Invisibility or, or secret tra- secret fire test? Yeah, secret fire test. It worked. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, um, and the, and and also when they went to buy beer, I really liked that test. Yeah, it wasn't really a test. That, that's but. in a lot of the trailers, but I definitely felt like again, Zachary Levi makes it work. Yeah, right? like he is able to kind of bring that weird kind of confidence slash you know, not really feeling like this is going to work and not really sure what to make of this. Yeah, it was definitely interesting perspective. To you take. know what? I got excited. I'm just like wow. Uh, comic books have a Christmas movie now because this was definitely a movie that you could watch at Christmas mm-hmm. because it has not like, the first one. Oh, what's the first one? Iron Man three. Iron Man three. All set during Christmas time. Okay, all right. Have to watch that. I remember that movie came out in like May, and I'm like, what is up? Yeah, well, that was the other thing. I'm like, why did they not have? Shazam in December were they trying to time it with Captain Marvel yeah <laughs> uh, you know I, I feel like they picked this date a long time ago yeah so I feel like they kind of knew but I, I you know it didn't need to be at Christmas necessarily besides Santa there wasn't anything really that Christmassy about it besides the fact that like when he threw the guys out of the convenience store he wrapped them up in like yeah in the Christmas lights but there wasn't like a lot of Christmassy right there wasn't even that much snow it was just kind of incidentally Christmas. Yeah, it was hit, hit and hit here and there. I yeah. think I think they were trying to tie it in with Christmas because the whole family, like family, mm. comes together. I did like the whole, you know, kind of uh, what was the word they used when they when they put their hands in uh, at the, at the, before they eat all the meals of the foster. T- oh yeah, there was always like some rhyme. or Yeah, something. how did it start again? What was that word they used? Uh, it's gonna it's gonna bother me. Yeah. But yeah, that again, I like those touches because it did start to feel like. You know, this is kind of what a home would feel like with a bunch of disparate pieces coming together to actually form a family. And I thought they did a really good job of, for the most part, I mean, there's so many kids, but they gave, you know, Mary personality, definitely. Everything that she was dealing with with college and being able to go far away, but away from the family that she's been able to make. died over it. Yeah. And then you have Dar- uh, Darla? Darla. Darla as the kind of the precocious one who can't keep a secret, who is hilarious and definitely was played up for the biggest laughs. Uh, and then you had like you know I guess the, Pedro Pedro who wasn't really they didn't use him much. No, was and Eugene of, I think was the, was the uh, nerd. The nerd, yeah, yeah, like super uh, nerd. And then obviously Freddie's kind of like your main foray. And uh, <coughs> Freddie, I thought was yeah, it was definitely a highlight. I like Freddie. Yeah, I thought I think he really kind of made the movie go along and everything. Like you kind of, yeah. I think he's what brought Billy or Shazam back down to earth for in sure. one sense because yeah. um, you've kind of felt bad for him because he had a bum leg and Mm -hmm. he would do anything to have what Billy got. What was your take on uh, the use slash not use of Superman at the end? I mean um, It felt weird a little Like show his face (laughs) but I mean they couldn't. (laughs) I guess they he wasn't you know they probably didn't get him to to do it right? Yeah. To do a cameo so but it was it was a nice touch for sure and again like it's more or less in the DC universe obviously because there's a uh, a Batman exists and they have a Batarang and they have you know uh, Superman exists and they have you know the the bullet casing. So 
Uh, one thing that, again, I just want to, yeah. I guess maybe it's up open for interpretation, sure. but are all the kids now able to say Shazam and just turn into their superpowers? I would assume so. Yeah. That's definitely the assumption I got after yeah. watching it. Yeah. So there's literally like six of them that go, you know, yep. save the day at any time now. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, we went with my friend Leon. They kind of remind me of Power Rangers when they were all standing together. A little bit. Yeah. Because <laughs> they all had the, the colors. colors too. Yeah. <laughs> Leon brought up a good point, though, is like if they do a Shazam 2, you know, if they ever use Black Adam, which who knows if they're going to do that because, again, he's supposed to have a movie of his own. But in well, that. If they ever, Bug will probably be the well. If they use him, <coughs> if there's another one at all, uh, but if there was a sequel and they ever use Black Adam, that by giving Savannah basically the same powers as Captain Marvel or Shazam, sorry, um, do you kind of make it impossible to do him versus Black Adam without it seeming redundant? Because mm-hmm. they're kind of just using. They've, we've already seen him go up against someone with the exact same powers, so seeing it happen again would just be a retread. Whereas yeah. at least if they use Mister Mind, it could be something totally different. Yeah. Um, one thing, uh, I th- they didn't really use it per se, but the idea of, in the comics, and it hasn't been done a lot, I guess, or maybe it hasn't, maybe I'm just not aware of it, is that he'll say the word, but then super speed out of the way, and then the the, 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 the lightning will hit someone oh, yeah. else, uh, but not him. Like, there's a, a very classic uh, comic book uh, in the DC Universe called Kingdom Come, which is all about a future version of, uh, of, Cap- of Captain Marvel at the time. I guess I'm just going to call him Shazam, but uh, basically a future version where Billy has grown up. Billy is an adult. This is actually in the future. And he's, I believe Mr. Mind is actually in his in his mind or in his ear, kind of b- suppressing him being a superhero. Anyways, they've, they basically mind-controlled him, and he finally says Shazam, and but he's under the thrall of Luther and all these bad guys. Anyways, he's hurtling towards uh, this nuclear bomb. He's going to explode it kill a lot of people, Superman goes to stop him. Superman is vulnerable to magic. That's one of his main weaknesses. So he fights Shazam, and as you have Shazam keeps grabbing him, saying the word, moving out of the way, and letting this mystical lightning keep hitting Superman and actually hurting him a lot. And I wish that they would have done a little bit more with the lightning here, with him actually using it as a way of getting out of the way but still being able to hurt someone without actually transforming. Well, that actually makes it more sense for me now, because how was he... Is- uh, able to get away from the demons every time he switched back into Billy. Like, was mm-hmm. it because he said Shazam yeah. and the lightning bolt came down yeah. and temporarily knocked the demon out? I, 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 that was my interpretation. Okay. And then he's able to kind of fade away. Because they the seem crowd. so confused. They're like, hey, what happened? I think everyone is, right? There's this <laughs> big blast of, of lightning. It's probably like a glare. And then he just kind of takes off. And like, you can't say Shazam underwater. I mean, I clearly heard him say Shazam underwater. Oh, it's more like, <laughs> but I mean, I guess you have to verbalize it. Like, you know, you you do create rules with any magic based movie. You have to create a rule, right? Yeah. So that's basically the rule. It has to be a, a ver- you know verbally said aloud. It has to be very legible, which is kind of like whatever. Yeah. But I mean, you have to have rules. Yeah. That's the problem with I mean, people who write stories using magical characters. The problem is if they're just can do anything then how do you come up with a visible threat and so you have to create rules so that you can work around them uh harry potter you know there's a lot of magic in there but there's rules that govern the magic so it makes sense when there's actual peril because they have, they're playing within the rules uh so i guess that's the rule for this one cool yeah uh i guess any other final thoughts anything else you want to say about the movie no i think we dissected it i think it's uh it's worth a watch it's uh it was a fun it movie was fun. yeah it was yeah. fun like, i mean go I, in there with uh just you know to have fun like have a, a, know, a chuckle here and there it doesn't not every movie needs to be you know 
Infinity War. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, it was a fine movie. Again, there were some nice surprises. We've spoiled a lot of them. Um, but <laughs> I, again, like, there's... It, it's an enjoyable film. Um, maybe the villain isn't the most dynamic and exciting, but, you know, there's some good character moments, and I think that's where you do like Billy. You do empathize with Billy, and you want to... Like, what Billy was going through was interesting, and it did give him solid character work. It wasn't like they just kind of ran him through his paces and now he's a superhero. He had a lot of things he had to kind of learn, yeah. and, you know, even meeting his mom and going through that was important to push the character to the next level to understand that you can choose family. And just because you have someone who's biologically related doesn't necessarily make them your family, yeah. um, which is, you know, a rough lesson uh, that they kind of put the character through. And then he, he is able to learn that, no, my this is going to be my actual family. This is the family I can choose for myself and that they're going to matter. And we're all different, but we can come together and we can all say Shazam and have cool powers. Yeah. And that's what they do. And, uh, again, I just was so excited to see them all operating as superheroes together. I've bonded them together, so mm-hmm. that really solidified and I think that's why you saw Billy finally, you know, make peace with this yeah. whole foster family and say, all right, I got this kind of thing. So. All right, so how many sins out of seven would you give this movie? Oh, sins out of seven? Uh, I mean, I thought we were going to do out of five, and I was going to say three and a half out of five, okay. so I'd give it uh, whatever that five, works out to. Five out of seven sins. That seems almost too high now. Yeah. <laughs> I, think it's probably I was going to go four, four and right? a half okay. sins. Well, yeah. okay, let's go back to out of five. It's, it's easier for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, so you give it like a three and a half, so basically a seven out of ten. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that's probably fair. I, I'd, I'd almost maybe go a little bit higher. I think I did enjoy it uh, for a bit, and I would probably watch it, want to watch it again. I, the, I guess the missed opportunity for me is that I wish it was a bit more PG, which is a weird comment, but... No, I do too, because um, I think the demons kind of took away from just all the other part. Like, you can't yeah, really was, enjoy it with little kids. <laughs> no, like, I, like I, I mean, I showed you before we started the recording that, you know, I have um, the, I think it's what, Captain Marvel and the Monster Society of Evil, I think is what it's called, but it's uh, Jeff Smith's uh, Shazam story, um, which is very kid-friendly, and I got it for my son because I wanted him to, again, to expose the more characters. They could have made this kid-friendly, I think. And it could have been. They just had to dial back a little bit more. And, I mean, it's a choice. It's still PG-13. A lot of people can see it. Um, I just, you know, my son's five and a half. I know he, he can't see it. It's a little bit more adult. Um, you know, and there's some crazy stuff happens. Like, even when um, the the the, uh, the sins go into the eye, like, that's a brutal moment when that first happens. Yeah. Uh, like, it's just a little too aggressive. Um, so I was a little bummed that, you know, I'm going to have to wait longer to be able to show Zach something like this. I mean, again, there's some a lot of really good fun stuff that's you know, kids can watch, but I think it still is a little bit too mature. And uh, so I was like, oh, Zach, you can't come. I'm going to go see Shazam. And he's like, you're going to come home and tell me about it, right? I'm like, <laughs> all, all right, bud, I'll, I'll tell you all about it. So I'm sure tomorrow when he wakes me up, he'll be like, tell me about Shazam. Uh, and I'll be like, You'll oh, have lots good. of good things to tell him. Yeah, it, you know, it's a fun movie. Uh, it's funny. Uh, this is an aside, but uh, if you've watched the most recent trailer for Shazam, they use the Eminem song, um, My Name Is. Oh, Eminem. I don't actually yeah, I was know thinking of the, the M&Ms. Oh, no. The, yeah. yeah the, 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 the rapper. Anyways, so Zach heard it while he was watching Shazam. And then he just started walking around going, my name is what? My name is... I'm like, oh, my God, what have I done to my son? Uh, especially because if he, if he ever does it around uh, Paul, my brother-in-law, um, he brought... Uh, Paul hates Eminem to like the core of his being he's like why are you making my ears bleed I hate this so I kind of want like, Zach to go near him and start singing that just to see what happens he would not be impressed uh, my name is Shazam my yeah. name is Shazam well and I think <laughs> I, I always took it when they used that as, as a play on the fact that 
you know, they can't really use the name of the actual character, yeah. right? So it's like, what is his name? Oh, I it's did not like, Captain Marvel. Uh, how Freddy had so many Captain Sparkles or... Sparkle Fingers, right? Sparkle Fingers, yeah. Like, <laughs> it was just great, all the different names that mm-hmm. kept coming out of his mouth. For sure. Yeah, no, it was fun. And I did like... Um, when they're in, I guess, the toy store, and he grabs Batman, it's like, I'm Batman. It's yeah, like, yeah. Go get him, Batman. Like, that was, that was pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. Again, a lot of humor. And the big reference with the whole dancing on the keyboard. Yeah, yeah that was a... I, again, I feel like it had to be there, right? Yeah. Like, the minute they're in a toy store, I'm like, no way, they're really going to do this? I almost thought they'd spend a bit more time on it, actually. But it was good when the villain was just like, da 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 Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. So it was good. Anyway, all right, Todd, thank you for joining me on yeah. this episode. You can email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like the show on Facebook, read and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Our next episode will either be a spotlight on Dumbo, maybe, uh, or it'll be a conversation with Judd Winnick. So good stuff to look forward to in the next couple of weeks. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. Shenanigans.